Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. What up, folks? Welcome in. It is Thursday, December 14th, Hardwood Handicappers. Full crew, Zach Cohen is here. Kelby Bidlin is here. I'm here because you're listening to my voice. And we have today, dare I say, a really good slate of basketball. There are key questionables in almost every single game, uh, but none that are like earth-shattering and altering that would derail or take away from what are looking like some really good matchups on paper. But before we get to that, we have to get to what I have deemed one of the most unserious basketball games I think I have watched for sure this season and maybe ever, Indiana and Milwaukee last night. Uh, how much, show of hands, did anybody, how much you guys watch this? You guys watch the whole thing, beginning, what's going on? How much? I watched watch? 85% of it. I barely, I barely watched any of it. I know what happened after the game, but I barely watched it. I call it unserious for multiple reasons. First off, over 260 points. Uh, unserious in terms of the way that you want to play defense. Absolutely unserious. Um, the ridiculous nature of the game. Zach's referring, of course, to the end. Uh, but we'll get to that because we have to set up the fact that Giannis Antetokounmpo had 64 points in the game. But only because with two minutes left, they put him back in, even though the game was <laughs> over against the backup so that he could achieve 64 points. The Pacers, all they were doing is fouling the entire fourth quarter. It was ridiculous watching the end of that game. And then Giannis wants the game ball. It is taken by the Pacers because Oscar Tashiwe, the rookie, apparently scored his first basket and they wanted it for him. He does the fake tough guy thing of running into the locker room. By the way, I will now slug the Antetokounmpo's as all fake tough guys. Did you guys see Thanasis Antetokounmpo? I, I saw that. I saw him being held back like a puppy on a leash. <laughs> like, yeah, he grabbed Jay Crowder's arm and hooked it and was like, hold me back, bro. Hold me back. <laughs> when Aaron Neesmith did what we always see, which is, oh my God, Giannis is going to go up. I'm going to intentionally foul him, but catch him before he falls so that he doesn't hit the ground really hard. It was an insanely unserious game. The Antetokounmpo's and the Bucks are fake tough guys. They still can't play defense, and I am worse for having watched that contest last night. Zach, your thoughts? I mean, I didn't watch much of it. I did see another – I think I saw another yelling match between Antetokounmpo and Adrian Griffin. Uh, I saw a video somewhere yep. on that, so that's not a good sign. But, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of the thing after the game. Like, do you do you believe them that they really took the ball because because she boy scored his first point, or do they just want to get it away from Giannis? Yeah, I uh, think they did. Yeah, I think they did. It was, I, I mean, that was a bizarre scene. Yes, it was a, um, I mean, I loved the game, JVT, sorry, but I loved it. I mean, Bucks covered. It was, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they covered, was... but like, that, Kelly, you have to admit, that fourth quarter, like, so I'll, I'll say, the, and the way that I watched it actually is, I did not watch it last night, 
Uh, I was watching UNLV's upset of number eight Creighton yesterday. Oh, how was it all alone center? Yeah, I was. I actually didn't go. I ended up watching on TV. Yeah, I tried to pull strings to get in, and then those strings did not respond. But then when I got home, (laughs) it was like, no, you could just use your season credential. And I was like, well, you should have told me that when I was asking about unfettered access to the to the building because I would have totally gone. Um, But no, so I Kelly, to your point, I didn't mean to cut you off, but. Like I watched it this morning, actually, when I woke up before this morning, I was like, all right, I want to go back and watch this. Cause I saw what happened. What like this whole game. I want to see what happened. I call it unserious. Cause the fourth quarter was unserious. Like with four minutes left, the Pacers quit and Giannis is trying to run up the score. It was such a ridiculous end to the game. Well, they had to, I, I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree a bit. I mean, they pulled them out. They pulled all the starters out, but then the Pacers closed the gap. They made it like a 10 point game. No, no, I refuse. You sound like the Bucks broadcast. It was Wait, like, what? it was, it was like a seven point lead with 40 seconds. And there was no, there were no Pacers starters in. They didn't care. They were just going up and down the floor. Yeah, but if you're the Bucks, you're trying to win. I mean, they were up like 24 points no. or something at one point. They pull, they pull the starters with like four and a half minutes left. And then and then the Pacers go on a run. I think they make it a ten point game with like two minutes left. You got to put your starters back in. No, stop. If you on the on the list of important things, what do you think was number one? Giannis getting over sixty points or winning the game? Wow, I can't believe it. I, no, absolutely winning the game. They they pulled him as soon as he set the franchise record. As soon as he set the franchise point record at fifty eight, not sixty. They pulled, they pulled him, and they pulled all the starters and sat him down when they were up, like, 23 points. Then the Pacers went on a run. They made it, like, a 10-point game. And I'm sitting there laying six and a half. I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking the same damn thing I think Adrian Griffin was. Do I really have to put the damn starters back in? And he did. Let me see here. I'm looking right now. That is the so, way I interpreted it when I was following the box score. I yeah. thought that they had caught it to 10 with like two minutes left. Now, your malicious facts have no room here. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I don't the like po- the Bucks. They're fake tough guys. I refuse to I refuse to back down. Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, Giannis was very serious about hit. When he hit 58, that was a big freaking deal to him. You could tell that. And then, yes, when he went back in and he gets 60, 62, 64, every one of those buckets felt like he was just adding on to his – I'm going to push back. It was 137-122 with 102 left to go in the game. There was no reason for them to be out there. There is no reason. <laughs> and then they sprinted it back out with a minute left. Okay, <laughs> so that's what it was. This is so ridiculous. You're right. They were up 10 with yeah. two minutes left. Giannis and the other starters go back in. It immediately gets back up to a 14-point game, and they're still out there. Giannis, after it becomes, it's 134 to 122. 122. Giannis scores like three more times. There's no, there was so, yes, you could have called a timeout then and pulled them out. Okay, yes, yeah, so I'll relent that. I mean, the fact, though, that they had to put them back in, like, that is yeah. – so, like, it's a it, – we can argue that all we want. I, I, I think the – I was actually a little surprised. Like, you're really going to hate that I say this. I guess I was a little surprised they pulled him when he got to 58 because I'm like, there's still enough runway in this game that, I mean, and, and the Pacers kind of proved it, that I'm like, this isn't, like, for sure over. And, like, who the hell wants to score 58 when you got a chance to score 60, right? Like, like just sure. like from a player standpoint, I was like, man, if I was Giannis, I would not be going to the bench right now. I'd be like, leave me in there for another minute. Let me go get a bucket, and then I'll go to the bench. The stuff post game was bizarre, though. So you guys talked about it. Yes, there was the Oscar cheap way where apparently an assistant has the ball right next to Giannis and then like they're yap they're yapping at him and he walks back into the Pacers tunnel 
either ignoring whatever Giannis and those guys had to say or just thought they deserved it. And I mean, that's when all, yes, that's when Giannis got fired up. But did you hear Giannis's post-game comments? No, about like he, no. he wanted to get the ball for Dame, who had moved up the three-point uh, uh, rankings, made rankings. Then they should have let Sheboy have it. <laughs> like, wait, so I'm like, wait, wait, what? Giannis, you didn't, you weren't running to go get that ball for yourself? A, I don't believe you on that. I do not believe Giannis was running to go get that ball for Dame. And yeah, apparently there was uh, three game balls that needed to go around. So, so a Pacers front it, office, I guess Pacers front office member got elbowed. <laughs> What's that? A, a Pacers front office member got elbowed, according to Rick Carlisle. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I heard that as well. <laughs> oh then, yeah. God. Then I guess Giannis was complaining about the ball he got because I guess he got the second game ball, and he's like, "Well, I know they're telling me this is the game ball, but I know it's not because I touched the whole game ball for thirty-five plus minutes tonight, and this is clearly a new basketball, so clearly this is the backup." So yes, Giannis was very passionate about this last night. To me. Uh, it- I think unserious is a very good term for what transpired last night. It was an unserious game. The The Bucs did not want to play defense. I, I, I was You talk about being surprised in terms of personnel decisions. Like, I, I thought the Pacers quit pretty early, right? Yeah. Like you, no, me we, too. We did, yeah. so you were like, I was kind of amazed that they threw the white flag in pretty early on that game, uh, considering that we watched their reserves do cut it to, a you know, as we mentioned, a 10-point game with two minutes left. Um so here's here's what I wanted to go from this game because outside of making fun of them, and yes, I do mean it. The the, the Thanasis, it was ridiculous. He, it's all ridiculous. The whole thing, and it does seem from a vibe standpoint, the team is just acting on some weird energy. All right, but I wanted to bring this up because I was watching that yesterday, and we haven't talked. We have to, we've talked some awards on here, but I wanted to bring up the fact that I was. It's one of those things where you know you kind of check the standings here and there, guys. I don't know how often you check standings overall in the NBA. Um, but I'll check like, you know, maybe once a week or something to see where everybody's at yeah. in terms well, of the, you know, every we're couple at. weeks. It's a great question. Yeah. I definitely don't check it as often as I think most people would think we do. <laughs> right. And, and so last night I was going over the standings after the game and I'm looking at like, huh, I'm like, I didn't, it didn't really register to me that the Bucks had gotten up to second in the Eastern Conference. They're, they're 17 and seven in control of the second seed behind Boston. And then you kind of look and I was like, you know what? And I decided to dig into it. And this is probably inflated after last night, but still he's played in just over 20 games. You know that Giannis is averaging 32 points and 10 rebounds on about 60% shooting. Are we, I'm going to throw this out. Are we forgetting him as an MVP candidate? I mean, he's been playing really good offensive basketball. He's been insanely efficient. And I get like, it's too early for MVP, but why, why you, why you, why you put your hands up? No, 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 no. Continue. This is such a better conversation for you and Zach, because I think you know exactly where my, where my, well, you love Giannis. So yeah, I would exactly. say, yes, I, I think your answer is yes, we are forgetting him, <laughs> but like, like, so, okay, Zach, then I'll go to you. Right. Cause it just, it kind of stuck out to me after watching that. Like maybe he doesn't get enough votes because of the struggles that are happening defensively, but his numbers this year are insane. And with like the sample size is only growing. Yeah, I think that I kind of put him off because they have Dame. And, like, you just kind of get these teams with too many stars and you don't really think about one MVP candidate. Like, I don't really take Kevin Durant seriously, even though that he has, a you know, an MVP like resume. Um, I just don't think that that's why – I don't know. I, I, I kind of think that there are guys that are just above him a little bit. I think that Shea is one of them where I just can't see an argument for Giannis over Shea right now. Yeah, and I think that's – 
I, I think that's how I'd probably respond to JVT. I, I mean, look, I think he's the, I mean, only in recent, very, very recent times has, has anybody surpassed Giannis on my list of greatest basketball players on the planet. And that would be one Nikola Jokic. Uh, so yes, you know where I feel about Giannis. I don't think there's, I'm not really surprised that, you know, that he's putting up those numbers. I think he's being overlooked a little bit. I think though, whenever we talk about awards, doesn't matter the sport. You and I talked a bit about this on a numbers game yesterday. We talked about NFL awards, right. but it's just, it is handicapping the damn voters and not necessarily exactly all, all the time what these guys are doing on the court. And it still feels very much Jokic. Jokic's reward to control and Embiid probably behind him still. And and then you got to start looking at other guys that I think are clearly the guy on your team. And you're talking about the people like SGA, the SGAs of the world. And it's just, I do, I, I do wonder and worry about any betting anybody on the Bucks, Suns, uh, you know, Lakers probably even that those guys would you know kind of get away, uh, uh, cannibalize kind of votes from each other. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. D- Dame hasn't been that good. Like he he's averaging twenty four points a game, but he's shooting forty percent for forty one percent from the floor. Like he hasn't been efficient. And, and you Aren't look at the and, clutch numbers, good though. It, 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 like, is, and, and is I'm not cl- saying I'm not saying that's yeah. like that's a reason you know that he's been awesome, but it's. It's. I think people will point to that, right? Where it's the, hey, this is working exactly like we thought it would offensively. Giannis gives body blows for like three quarters, and then Dame comes in and kills him at the end. And I think a lot of people would point to that and say, hey, it's just kind of doing what what we thought they would do. Yeah, I, I and, think they're. Go ahead. I think there are like nine or ten legitimate candidates, and I just kind of think that it'll go to one of the three or four that doesn't have a second superstar on their team or, you know, a, a serious superstar. Not, not that like a Jamal Murray is not, but you know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, uh, I was looking at it too. Giannis on the floor, they got a plus 7.9 net rating. When he's off the floor, it's a negative 7.7. Yeah. And you saw it yesterday. I mean, awesome. Kelly, you said you watched a lot of it. When I watched it this morning, the theme for me was whenever Giannis leaves the floor, the Pacers come screaming right back into this game. And yeah. whenever he's back on the floor, they immediately extend this thing back out. And that was, I mean, that little 60-second spurt is exactly what we're talking about, right? Two minutes, they cut it to 10. He goes back out there. It's 17 in the flash of an eye. Like, well, it, that's that was kind of like a microcosm of the entire game. No, totally was. I think that it, I think it's something for, I mean, seize on what JVT just said there, though, for betters out there. And if anybody, especially people that like to live bet the NBA, like that was... So when that game started, and, and like I had a pretty sizable pregame position on Milwaukee yesterday, but you know me, JVT, I always like to leave room to get in live. And, you know, for, for much of that game, basically the entirety of that game, the Bucks had the lead or were like, you know, tied basically with, with Indy. So there wasn't really a point where they had fallen back. I thought there was a great time to get a better number. I ended up just laying, I ended up laying more though. I laid a late seven and a half once in game. And, I, and I'm kind of regretting I didn't do it more just because it was, Mm-hmm. It, so much of the handicap that we talked about quickly yesterday, and it was quickly, but it did play out. I mean, it was, it's still this, this Pacers team, uh, they're so fun up and down and everything like that. But when you've got someone like LeBron, Giannis, they can get to the, to the rim without like any, anybody to stop them. And they can rinse and repeat and do that whenever you just, you have to outshoot them so much by th- from the three and get those easy buckets in transition. And just that the bit of a revenge spot, just ended up it ended up mattering and, and I know you're talking you're talking about like the joke of the product uh you know a little bit that we saw in the court but like I mean those post game the post game fuming it was like it, clearly Giannis that 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 game was important to him and there was 
I mean, what, the Pacers left the court without even, you know, shaking hands or anything? It just goes back to everybody poo-pooing the in-season tournament. This is, we're now talking about the in-season tournaments gone and passed, and we still got some of this spilling over to the regular season. I love it. Yeah. And, well, and these teams have played each other quite often already. I think this is yeah. their third matchup with, with each other, so you probably That's get sick of seeing each other. Third matchup overall, second in a week, so probably get tired of facing off one another by the way Giannis only plus 750 to win MVP and that's that's the big rebuttal which is at that number not worth betting but it just kind of stuck out to me looking over some of the numbers like huh, you know he's having a really strong season at least one that is not being bantied about is the same as you know Jokic Embiid Shea um even though the scoring I mean, he could lead the league though. in scoring like that's yeah, gonna be I, nuts. I don't hate that bad JVT like someone yeah. told me they bet him at eight to one ish like right now I don't hate it no He's always going to be up there. That's for sure. Barring injury, he's always going to be floating around that number. Uh, All right, let's take our break. We'll come back. Uh, We'll get into the card for tomorrow. And if we had any other observations from uh, a somewhat deep night in the NBA. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, before we get to the card tonight, guys, uh, anything else? I kind of bogarted that, talking Pacers and Bucks and tying it into MVP, but I thought it was a good conversation. I mean, I yeah. thought it was worth talking about. It's it was a story. Actually, so. I'm an idiot. Um, before I, you get to answer my question, we should note, and we could tie it into the observation a little bit later, Draymond Green has been suspended indefinitely, so that's probably a topic worth covering really quickly, um, as the Golden State Warriors are now 4-11 and 11 in their last 15 games, have a big game against the Los Angeles Clippers later tonight. We can tie that into the analysis for the game later, because I know that I didn't have anything. I think, Zach, you didn't have anything in that matchup. Kelly, I don't know if you do either, uh, but Zach, I'll go to you first. Uh, what does the suspension mean for the Golden State Warriors from a betting perspective? Because the on-court, off-court numbers really aren't great for Draymond, but this is a team that is struggling in a really big way over the last 15 games. Yeah, the on-court, off-court this season, they're not, there's nothing really to write home right. about. But for last year, you know, they were a much better team when Draymond played on both ends of the floor. And I do think that, you know, he's kind of had a stop and start season because of his first suspension. Maybe he just didn't have a chance to get in rhythm. But I don't know. Like, I mean, it's easy to say that the Warriors are in trouble, and I do think that they're in serious trouble just because defensively, what he means to that team, being able to guard, you know, four positions at a high level, uh, blow up opposing pick and rolls, and offensively, one of the best passers in the league. So, I mean, it's just putting more pressure on Steph, and I kind of feel like Steph currently has the weight of the world on his shoulders because of the way Clay and, and Wiggins have been playing this season. I think that there's way too much on his plate. Um, I kind of think that they're going to really need like Kaminga to step up in a big way, and I'm not sure he can do it. 
other than that, like they might need to make a huge swing at the deadline, like for a Siakam or something, because, you know, you can't just waste this, the, this end of Curry's prime, which, uh, which is what they're going to be doing these next few seasons. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's wild, right? That they just re-signed Draymond, right? Because it feels like it, it feels like it would be about time to uh, end this relationship. But you just signed him to a four-year deal. I mean, Kelly, uh, really quick. Not yeah. only did you just sign him to a four-year deal, you chose him over Jordan Poole. You right. blamed everything on Jordan Poole. Yeah. And Windhorst in his column this morning had a great point. Since he has knocked out, since he knocked out Jordan Poole, he's been suspended four times. Like they've all been one game suspensions outside of the five that he just, but like, he's been like, he's been a problem <laughs> and the Warriors decided to enable him by going, yeah, you know what? It was all Jordan Poole's fault and spending all off season, just crapping yeah. on Jordan Poole after they traded him. And now here, here you go. Indefinite suspension after you already served five. And he is, he is, he's like, he's a toxic presence for your team at this point. Yeah. And I know that, I know that you and I had kind of mixed, you know, mixed uh, uh, thoughts on what we thought this suspension was going to be. Um, man, I think this is, if that last suspension was supposed to send a message, this is like, it's almost hard to I, I just think of any team even remotely being interested in a guy that you now know is one he's, you know, he's probably one more bad kind of ejection like this. And I don't even know that this one was all that bad, but you know, one kind of ejection like this to be suspended, maybe double digit games, even if he does go to a new team. So it's, I don't know, it's wild, but Zach, as far as the Warriors' perspective, Zach just broke it down great. Like, this is, I think, where this team's at right now. I mean, you need any body that's going to add anything, uh, anything on either side of the ball. And while he might not have been having a great season, it, it definitely still hurts them to lose him. Um, and man, I got, I got serious concerns for this Warriors team's go, going forward. Like you said, Zach, I mean, it's Steph, and you don't want to waste any more. Well, it still feels like Steph has some pri a prime year or two, or maybe even more left in him. You don't want to waste any of that. But the pieces that are around him right now, as much nostalgia as people might want to have over the Warriors in their run, like this ain't going to get it done this year. It, this is not going to get it done. And, uh, and they have no. to make a decision on Clay this summer, which is going to yep. be a really tough one. Like, do you give him like a lifetime achievement five year deal? I, I don't know if you could do that anymore. It's, it's just it's it's a really bad situation. And you you made a really good point. Like I. I personally don't think that Draymond intended to hit Nurkic in the head. I think that he was just kind of flailing his arms, but like with the run, he doesn't have any runway anymore. Like with his history, yeah. he makes one mistake like that again, he'll get 35 games to, to 50 games. I don't, I don't know what it's going right. to be. And, and I think he was very, I think he was very honest about it actually in his post game. Like I was kind of surprised about, it, but he was talking like Zach, he's talking about that's a move he pulls, right? It's, mm -hmm. Oh, I feel contact. I flail my arms to sell it a little bit more. Okay, cool. Well, you, if that's your move, and it's going to get you suspended indefinitely. Like that's an issue for going forward. You can't use your move anymore, Draymond. Yeah, uh, and Windhorse also pointed out. I thought it was a good point. Um, he did do his like weird half apology in the post game press conference yeah. immediately after hit Nurkic. As Windhorse points out, he like walked away and was complaining about it. Like he didn't even check on Nurkic. He didn't really care that he had hit him. I think it's part of the troubling aspect of it. And the, the Warriors don't really care either. And I think what's like, so let's tie this into tonight. Are we just fading Golden State? I mean, because I actually think the Warriors are in a really bad, not only in a bad spot, but they're in a bad spot because they're taking on a Clippers team that has won 10 out of the last 13 games mm -hmm. and are starting to get better. Now, Paul George is questionable tonight, but the interesting thing is he, if you guys didn't watch, he left the Kings game with a sore groin, but he's listed with a hip injury today. So it's, it, it, so it's a little different. I would assume that Paul George is going to play tonight. 
and that maybe this is just a cautionary tag for whatever reason. But if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are playing, and again, this this team with this lineup now, this new starting lineup plus 14.4 net rating, playing extremely well, you don't have a good wing defender now anymore. Draymond's gone. He'd probably be your Kawhi guy or your Paul George guy. And now you're going to be like, all right, Jonathan Kaminga, go give it your best shot and go see if you can defend one of these two guys. If Paul George plays, I'm assuming this number gets to about six, maybe six and a half, but I, I'm very much on the side. If we get Paul George, I think the Clippers are the side. Yes, uh, I'm right there with you. I, it is, I, I'm concerned enough. I'm, I'm glad you just went through that because I was going to toss that question up to you of what should we expect with Paul George today? Because I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that in the game. And then good note on it being kind of a different uh, injury right now. Uh, or different injuries. I'm right, right? He's listed with a hip injury, right? I'm not misremembering this. No, I think you're right. Um, check this right now. But yeah, it, it totally at five, five and a half where you're seeing that right now. Um, that's a total, that, that, that would be a total play uh, for me tonight as long as Paul George goes. He does need to go for me to, for me to jump on that though. I, I think yes. I'd be fine laying up to, laying up to seven though. It, it, once he gets cleared, he's, that number's going to move. Um, that I would be fine laying up to seven. Zach, do you have anything on that? I don't have anything on it. I, I will say I do think that possibly inserting Paul into the starting lineup could give the Warriors a little juice. I think they might be able to help Clay and Wiggins get back on track. And, you know, guys like Pajemski uh, playing better lately, like they could possibly Zach, handle on this pod, he is now Brandon Tryhard Pajemski because he has screwed this pod out of multiple bets with some last-second buckets. <sighs> yeah, yeah great I lost on that layup the other night. Yeah, I just think I, I I just like had uh, flashbacks while uh, Zach was saying that. I'm like, God, am I really going to get involved with another Pajemski game here tonight? Like, geez, really put it uh, really uh, going up against him again. Jeez. But I do think he's capable of handling the bench lineups, the bench ball handling, and I think that Moody's a guy that can play bigger minutes if they if they need him to. So I I don't know. I think that like they're they're not hurting offensively. It's just what what will they be defensively? Yeah, I think that's a fair point. But my my assumption would be, because the Clippers are playing so well defensively, that I do think the Warriors' floor has dragged it down a bit, especially those bench lineups. Like, right now, as we always talk about Draymond out, then everybody moves up a spot, and you're like, oh, boy, all right, we've got some we've got some minutes to fill like power forward, and we don't really have uh, a slew of power forwards to play. And, uh, oh, yeah, the forwards on this other team are actually kind of big and pretty good, and you're going to have to handle them at some point defensively. Yeah. So. I mean, the other thought I had was was maybe just going, like, team total over on the Clippers, but yeah, there because, you go. Of the, because of the defense. You down with the sickness, I, Kelly? Geez, <laughs> 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 uh, what band? Disturbed? Yeah, there you Down. go, disturbed. Um, the uh, I I was looking that way, JVT, but I actually just think I I think the smarter play is is the spread, just bet laying the points. Yeah. And I'm I I mean I think with Golden State and it's already cost me uh like once or twice in recent memory, but I I think I'm going to be betting a lot against them here in the next uh, couple of weeks until numbers probably I mean, adjust a little more. We should have two. I mean, Zach should Zach should have Phoenix in his pocket, and we should have Thunder yes. minus two and a half right. in our pockets. Exactly. But I was on right both side, of, wrong result. I was on both of those, yeah. Oh, you're on both of those. Okay, <laughs> yeah, there you yeah, go. So you should have two. Half. Either way, Brandon Tryhard Pajemski has screwed this pod multiple times. That's all. That's all we care about here. It's all it's right, now, by the way, minus one twenty five for the Warriors to miss the playoffs before the season. I think it was minus wow. five hundred. They'd make it. Wow. Now I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Back. I mean, I, I, that's a good pull, but I, I mean, I might take a part of that yes, though, because I just, they're at the very least, at the worst season, they're still a playing team. You know it's, what I mean? And that's the, but that's the problem. I think I brought it up on here. But that, that's why I, I need, we need a market change. We need the, to be a top six seed, 
and then and then to make the play in tournament. Yeah, because the these, yes no playoffs are just because they become dicey to bet because of exactly what you're talking about. And then you got to sweat out a play in round. Right, you got to sweat yeah. out a play in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing, and this is the tough part. So right now, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Dallas, Denver, the Lakers, Sacramento, Houston, the Clippers, the Pelicans, and the Suns. Of those teams, those are the top 10. Warriors are currently outside looking in. Who falls out? Because I think like 11 or excuse me, nine of those 10 teams is probably safe. And you're banking on Houston falling out of the top 10. Right. If you're Golden State. How, how about this? Not to derail us too much. Who finishes with a better record? The Grizzlies once they get job back or the Warriors? It's pretty oh, close right man. now. Oh, <laughs> I'm still going to go Warriors, but... <laughs> That's probably a better question than most people would think out there. Because I guess I do think, I think you know, once you get job back, Des, Desmond Bain's healthy. Like I think this Grizzlies team start very quickly starts to look very different. Yeah, I mean you still don't have Stephen Adams, but they're still going to be much better than what they've looked like. Didn't so. JJJ just put up like forty four points in a game yeah. the other night? He's like, had, I, he scored like forty in like consecutive games. Yeah, if, like if this dude's learning how to put up those kind of numbers offensively, yeah. like yeah, you get this all together, it might look pretty scary. Yeah, or, or, or scar- scarier than what the what Golden State's rolling out there hey. when Pajemski's out there like as the, as the star of the team. <laughs> uh, I will say this: uh, given the past history, give me Memphis Golden State for a play in. That'd be good. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Draymond would get suspended again for like six. Yeah, I was going to say, games, hopefully but... Draymond at least sees a game or two of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's fit in one or two more before we uh, the, hit our last break here. Uh, we'll start at the top of the rotation: Cleveland and Boston. Boston's a nine-point favorite. Totals at two twenty-five and a half. The uh, the name here is Jalen Brown. He is questionable to play. At last look, I'm double checking. Um, interesting here that was not on the injury report earlier, guys. Kristaps Porzingis was added to the injury report, but as probable. So that's just something to watch because that is technically a downgrade, right? From not on the Hashtag report MVP to listed as probable. Yep, here we go. Uh, so Kristaps Porzingis and Jalen Brown. I thought Jalen Brown made this already somewhat unplayable. Like, look, he's a big name. He will alter the point spread. Don't really do much there. I will say the market, I think, is getting this right. Their first game two days ago went over the total because both teams combined to hit like 43-point shots. Uh, I do think that opening up this point, this total two points higher was a little bit of a mistake. We got that bet down, regardless of the status of Brown and Przingis. So I, that was the only thought I really had on the game. Yeah, I would have had a slight lean to the under two. Just yep. two top 10 defenses, two teams that don't really play fast. I think it'll be more low scoring than we saw the other night. Yeah, Zach, that's a good point too. I noted that in the column today, 96 possessions in that game, and yet it went over. It was just hot shooting, and that eventually corrected itself. Kelly, do you have anything here? Yeah, I, I got nothing here. I do think that this spread looks a little... Like, I want to see what this is going to look like if Jalen Brown gets ruled out. I, I, I actually, uh, or, or, or if he actually ends up playing. I, I mean, the Celtics going to tick up to, you know, to 10, 10 and a half, something like they that. They were 11 and a half point favorites, if I remember yeah. correctly, on Tuesday. The other night, so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Like, like, I thought that number was lofty when we, you know, when we were kind of looking at that. I didn't end up betting it, but obviously that game was rather tight at the end. Um, I've said it on here before that I usually stay away from the, I, these back-to-back games during the regular season with these teams. Uh, just always... I always get in my own head about it, but I always just feel like it take a playoff approach to it where you feel like the team is lost, is doing more adjusting, and is the other team doing anything you don't really know? Um, so it, it's just it's a stay away for me. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, Miami is uh, taking on – sorry, I got lost my notes. Miami's taking on Chicago. Uh, Heat playing host here. We saw this open – let me pull up my notes. What I have this opener at? 
Uh, Heat minus five and a half with a total of 216. We're down to four and three and a half in some spots with a total of 215 and a half. Second leg of a back-to-back for Miami. And if you look at the injury report, Duncan Robinson listed as available, Caleb Martin listed as available, and then the usual suspects that are listed as Alabama to bio, Tyler Hero, as we know, not going to play. Um, I had no interest in this. I don't have a read on either team. Chicago had a five-game cover streak snapped against uh, the Nuggets the other night, so they've been playing particularly well. And I know, Zach, you were kind of on that train of the Bulls playing you know, a little bit better. Um, what do you make of this? you think they're live here against Miami? I think they are, but not in a way that I'd play it. I mean, like, right. like you just said, like they have been better lately. I think like over the last six games, they're a middle-of-the-pack team in terms of net rating, uh, kind of getting up to 15-16 in offensive rating, which is a huge improvement from where they were to start the year. And, you know, playing some better defense, not quite where they were last season, but, you know, I think in the top 15 as well. So it's a decent team now. It's I'm betting them differently than I would be at other points, but too hard to bet on Miami with that injury report. All right. Like it. All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, we wrap up with the last three, actually four games on the card before we head off into what will be a wonderful day of basketball betting. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next up on the list, Minnesota-Dallas. Oh boy, clear out. Here we go. Got a head-to-head matchup once again. Um, Kelly, we're going to go to you first because Zach and I, uh, Oppo, for the second time in three days on a contest involving the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, And, and of course, got that one right. Looked like I might have got you with the Lakers because they came storming back, took a lead late, but ultimately fizzled out, lost by two. So we've seen this number move here in the last hour. Uh, This is down to pick in multiple spots, minus one and others, with a total of 230.5. I didn't see what the official update was. I mean, the in, the official injury report still has Dave, Anthony Edwards listed as questionable. Yeah. I would assume the market is finding out something that he's going to play. He did practice yesterday, so I think that's worth something. Kelly, did you have anything here? Uh, I am waiting on uh, Ant news. That is, uh, Anthony Edwards, I will be involved if, if he on the Timberwolves side if he plays. Um, that is a... I haven't pulled the trigger yet. This is just, I mean, again, hashtag NBA betting. I know I saw reports of him practicing yesterday. I expect him to be back tonight. Yes, I've watched this number move, what, like two points now, a point or two now Mm -hmm. from where it opened yesterday and have chosen to not to not grab that 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 CLV because I just want confirmation he's actually going to play in this game. Uh, But if he goes tonight, I will be on the Minnesota side. You've got Dallas um, going without Kyrie. They've got... 
they've played what three three games in the past five days, two at the beginning of this week. Um, I think this is a, a little rest advantage spot for Minnesota. Uh, bringing in their defense. I know they got to worry about Luka, not an ideal ideal matchup there, but there's going to be a lot of fire, a lot of defensive weapons for them to work with, a lot of firepower on the other side of the court. So I do like Minnesota here. If you yeah. Zach, before you go, because a lot of my points are very similar to Kelly's. Uh, that's part of it, right? Is we talked the other day about like the NBA end season tournament kind of derailing the season to a point where there's no rest advantages to pick off. And, you know, you're kind of starting and stopping and teams are getting like two days off that you're generally not really used to. So it's kind of thrown me into a funk. Kelly was talking about that. We were, we haven't hit your brain on it yet, but this is one of those. Now we're starting to get these scheduling spots. As Kelly mentioned, not only is it the third game of four nights for Dallas, uh, this is only the first game in like five days for, for Minnesota. They only had one road trip. I think it was the New Orleans game. Other than that, uh, they've been getting ready. They had two days off coming into this game, and they've been in town. So it was a scheduling spot, and it was kind of what Kelly alluded to, except I took the chance, reading reports that Anthony Edwards was going to play, figured that he was going to play today, and just took the shot that I'm going to grab two on a number that closes pick, and I think I just got that one right. Yeah, I actually I do think Edwards is going to play. I was most nervous about the scheduling spot with this game. I do think that having the days of rest will help Minnesota here. I guess I just kind of I mentioned it the last time we spoke about the Mavericks. I just I just like the lineups that they're playing with Kyrie out. That's not to say I don't think I think they're a better team without Irving. They have a much much higher ceiling when Irving's out there. But Luca is early in his career played with a lot of these junky defense first lineups, and I think that he's playing really well with these guys right now. And Exum, who's now playing thirty to thirty five minutes a night. He actually has the best on-off numbers in the entire team. Like They're a much better defensive team when he plays, and he's a really good decision-maker offensively, not a guy that really needs the ball. I don't think he's going to hit, what what was it, seven threes again in this game, but I think he can be counted on to knock down some open shots. And as good as the Timberwolves' defense is, I just kind of think that, like, Luka is a matchup-proof player. Like, I think he's going to get his no matter what. He's going to draw help no matter what, and I think I trust Dallas – to make some open shots, especially playing at home. I think that they have one of the few strong home court advantages left in the NBA right now. Yep. No, I don't disagree with any of those points. So, um, obviously, I hope you're wrong. Is this the uh, is this the best team that Luka Doncic has had around him? No. I, I actually – I think that Western Conference Finals team was really good. Like, you you had Spencer Dinwiddie, you had Dorian, Th- Dorian Thompson-Robinson – no, not Dorian Thompson-Robinson, excuse me. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. Um I thought that team was really, really solid. Uh, obviously, Jalen Brunson was on that team. Like that's that was a team that made a run to the Western Conference Finals. I think that was better than this one. Okay, but I don't know I what think, you think, Zach. I think this will be the best team by the time we get to the playoffs. I think you're still seeing sure. growth out of guys like Lively, you know, who had some foul trouble issues early on. Uh, but like, I do think that they have some really trustworthy role players now. And if you get anything out of like Omax Prosper, like if he figures it out and he starts playing some better basketball by the end of the year, like I do think that he has more pieces around him and kind of the perfect pieces, just guys that can shoot, don't need the ball and, and really defend. Yeah. I, I think I'm in Zach's camp here, but just uh, it's just something I've been thinking about the past couple of days. And kind of like you said about Giannis JVT, it just feels like this is a team that we're not, we're not really talking about too much because it just sure. feels like they're the same old Mavericks a little bit, right? I mean, it's what we talked about preseason. It's what I wrote about. Like they they have the widest variety of outcomes, and sure. they're on the they're they're on the spectrum, or at least on the path toward the down. high end yeah. of it, which yeah. is like, hey, they're going to be like a top three seed potentially because they're so good. And Luca with the thin headband now is now balling out <laughs> um, right. in a very strong fashion, and he's in shape. All right, last couple of games, Brooklyn and Denver. Denver up to a nine and a half point favorite, total of 230 and a half. Brooklyn's on the second leg of a back-to-back, played a tough one against Phoenix yesterday. And for Denver, 
you are getting all of your guys, right? Aaron Gordon's listed as probable. Jamal Murray's listed as probable. Uh, not Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. He's in concussion protocol and he's out. And Jokic is fresh after purposely getting kicked out of the game on Serbia night because he didn't want to play on the second leg of a back-to-back. That is my theory. He'll never talk me off of it. Uh, Kelly, do you have anything here? I love, love, love the injury news in the spot for the Denver Nuggets. I can't get myself to lay nine, nine and a half points though right now on this game. The Nets have been, the Nets have been playing well enough. Uh, I've got enough respect that I got to stay away for now. This is definitely a side I'll be looking to get involved in game though if I can on Denver. Yeah. Okay, Max or Max? What did I think of Max? Zach. I thought you said, thought yeah. you said next for a second. Yeah. Next, Probably my fault. Yeah. I said Omax Prosper before. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Zach yeah. Prosper. Yeah. yeah. I I just have a slight lean to the under. I think the number's a little bit too high. Uh, both teams here. It's another one where like I don't think either one wants to play at a fast pace. The Nets probably more likely to do it, but I think that Jokic will be able to dominate this game in the half court to the point that they're going to really slow it down. Like I'd be looking at Jokic uh, overs and player props too. I don't think the Claxton can guard him. Okay, next on the rotation, OKC and Sacramento. I actually think this is a really simple handicap. Uh, the Kings are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 245. Again, as I always do with these games, Sack will go to you first. Why would you bet this now? It's a total of 245. The volatility of this game is going to be crazy. You're going to get a better number on whatever side you like pre-flop. So, like, just sit back and wait. If you like the Kings, you'll probably get some plus price at some point. If you like the Thunder, you'll probably get a better plus price at some point. Yeah, I completely agree. There should be huge swings in this game. The only thing I ended up playing here was Chet Holmgren over one and a half made threes, which I saw at plus 124. I just kind of think that he's, you know, he was in a small slump over the last two weeks or so, but -hmm. he broke out of it with a 2-3 game against the Jazz the other night. I think that Sabonis is going to be a little slow to defending the pick and pop in this game. So I just kind of think there's going to be looks for him against a Kings team that doesn't defend the three-point line very well. Yep. This game was really interesting to me. Uh, I am on OKC here. I did play them pregame a bit. Completely, uh, completely agree with what you're talking about, though. JVT looking at, uh, at them in game. I grabbed, I grabbed number last night, just thinking it was going to move more than more than it, than it. I mean, it really hasn't. I grabbed it at plus two uh, when it opened. There's still, I still, I at least see one or two twos out there still. Um, so I did grab that, but yeah, full plan is to add more. Hopefully, in game on the Thunder side. This is another. Um, I think rest advantage spot here. You got OKC with a couple days off coming in Sacramento, um, Sacramento three and four for them. I, I don't know if you guys have looked at this schedule that Sacramento oh, yeah. played. The, this is the only thing I made the bet before I kind of looked at what their schedule's been recently. I, maybe I sh- maybe I should be to- you know going in a little bit lighter here on OKC. Their past games: Clippers, Nets, Suns, Pelicans, Nuggets. Clippers, Warriors, Timberwolves, Pelicans, Pelicans, Mavericks. Like, that's about as tough a stretch as you're going to get during a season. So I, um, I did. I just caught that a couple hours, a couple hours ago, and I was like, uh, yeah, okay, this has been a pretty uh, tough stretch they've gone through. Um, that is, let's see, five and five during those ten games I just listed off what they've got, uh, what they've done against quality points. I still, I think Thunder. I do like them uh, in this spot tonight. So I, I have a pregame position on them. We'll be looking to get involved in game too. Only note on this, too, going forward for Sacramento, uh, this is the start of a seven-game homestand for this team. Actually, let me check. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six-game homestand that will carry them through Christmas. Um, so they're going to be at home for a while. So that's probably a time near the end of this to get some practice time, get a little bit better. But it might be some playable spots here for Sacramento uh, while they're playing at home. All right, last one, Portland and Utah. Portland up to a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Totals at 226 or 225-and-a-half. 
Um, this moved off the overnight. Portland actually opened up one and a half in this game. Now, I'm kind of surprised. Like, I get it. Utah hasn't been playing, I guess, particularly well. But they did get Larry Markkinen back last night. It's the second leg of back-to-back, so we'll see if he plays tonight. Um, but, Zach, I'll go to you here first. I was surprised that the market just was like, nope, up to three and a half. And, by the way, Malcolm Brogdon and DeAndre Ayton are both questionable to play. I think, if actually anything, I want to see if Larry Markkinen's on the injury report. But if you're going to have Walker Kessler and Larry Markkinen playing tonight, I, I would expect there's some buyback here on Utah at some point. I actually ended up betting the Blazers minus three and a half just okay. before he came on. I'm gonna, I was going to direct people back here because I didn't have it in my column. I just didn't really feel like looking at that game at the time. But I just think that Portland's playing some better basketball lately. They're six and two against the spread in their last eight games. I thought they really looked good against the Clippers the other night. They kind of hung in there. Uh, we, we spoke about it. Really good game from Scoot Henderson. And this is another one of those rest games that we're talking about We just now. I think Portland's had two days off. Jazz played a tough Knicks team last night, now have to travel over to Portland. So I just kind of think that this is a tough game uh, for the Jazz, who are also 1-11 straight up on the road this year. So not a good road team. I know that this is not a pick game, but 3.5 isn't too much. I think they should be able to cover if they do win. Yeah, yeah I, did have, I did have the Portland side circled myself, but the, there's so much injuries and stuff up in the air right now. I, uh, it's t- too tough for me to go in on this. Uh, Markkinen, I, I'm seeing on my Don Best screen list, it's doubtful uh, uh, for them tonight. I, you know, we'll, we'll see if there, there are more trustworthy uh, other injuries. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't submitted, for what it's worth, they haven't submitted their official injury report okay. yet. So yeah, that's... Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jordan Clarkson, you know he's going to be out. John Collins got a questionable tag next to him as well. But all the Blazers questionables that you mentioned, JVT, that's true as well. So I'm going to see how this shakes out tonight. If you're talking no marking in, uh, though, in this game, I, I think I'll be joining uh, Zach on the Blazers side. Keontae George also got hurt last game and didn't come back in. So they're really thin mm-hmm. at guard. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. That's it, guys. Wash your hands of it. You're done. Get well, out of here. I like the, I like the card tonight. Only, only one bet right now, but I like the card. Yep. Two really good West Coast games. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that Thunder Kings and that Mavs Wolves game are both going to be awesome. Although I'll be at a blackjack tournament tonight. So. Oh, yeah. The that's big right, circle Kelly. blackjack tournament. Yeah, Get that's it. right. Um, hey, $3,000 at the very least. I, I might just bomb out on purpose. Just give me the $3,000 bet. I don't really care. Uh, that's all I care about. <laughs> Hit. <laughs> right. You, you yeah. have 20, sir. Hit. No. <laughs> I, feel, I feel an ace coming along. I've got it. <laughs> uh, all right. So with that, please check out the columns as always. Like, rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, we will talk to you tomorrow here on Hardwood Handicappers. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes. We went shape hunting around the block and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 